Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Hey, hey, y'all, <laughs> welcome back. Episode two. I can't believe you came back for this. This is awesome. Jenny, you ready for today? Two weeks in. We are going to share you should rest. What we're really shutting up is the should that most people tell themselves that they should work harder. They should add more to their schedule. They should get bustling and hustling and do all that they can to make their life full and fulfilled. But we want to let you know that you should rest. No, 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 no. Buzz that. I'm excited about this game that we're doing today. We are making this episode a buzzword episode. Okay, you're probably asking yourself, what in the world does that mean, Candace? Okay, well, here's the deal. Anytime that we use Christianese words, do y'all know what I'm talking about? Like these words that you hear growing up in church and you're just like, can somebody please explain that in normal English? If we hear that, or if we say that, or if we hear the other person say it while we're talking all throughout this episode, we're going to say, hold up, wait a minute, and we're going to make this little sound right here. <laughs> One more. <laughs> we know, we understand already, it's a fine line of being annoying and awesome, so we will tread, we will buzz lightly. Let's get started and find freedom from all of this should. Pony, do it, y'all. Again, won't he do it, y'all? Come on, won't he do it, y'all? Won't he do it? All right, in this segment, we highlight your story of how God is using this podcast to make an impact. So, we're going to start off today with a special listener, one that left us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Her name is either Gigi underscore RM or Gigi. <laughs> underscore rn okay you're gonna buzz me on that i'm sorry i don't think it's <laughs> i don't think that's how you say her name I'm you think it's dying. Gigi? yeah oh my gosh <laughs> gigi Gigi <laughs> underscore yeah. rn she she said this quote I'm one of those listeners who stumbled upon this podcast and am so grateful that I did. I should be doing so many other things, but for now, this time is for me, end quote. We're designing today's episode around that thought. How are we spending our time and how are we valuing rest in such a world that feels so restless? Yes. I found this fascinating article from 2016 from Business Insider, and it said that the average person touches their phone 2,617 times a day. Ew. All I could think about was the germs on my phone and how I needed a Clorox wipe. I, I just need it. I just need it to be dumped into a germ-reducing bath right now. <laughs> we're just being pulled. And I know what you're focusing on, but I'm focusing on how we're being pulled in so many different directions that it's so hard to find rest because we feel like we have to show up in all these places. You know what? I love what you said, though, about trying to find rest in a restless world. 
I think a lot of us feel that angst. We feel that anxiety of just how do I even shut it down? Well, good thing they're listening to today's podcast because we're going to talk about it more. Candice, you are the expert at buying stuff. I am. You should buy it. We are going to look at, should you buy this? It's a home pulse massager. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a massage gun. It has a trigger and it goes so fast on your muscles that it like literally takes out knots and tension from your back. I genuinely have slept wrong my entire life because of having to sleep in a van as a kid, like having to sleep on hotel beds and like... Now, now everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's so sad. I'm like, buy everything you need. (laughs) I was homeless as a kid, so I didn't have the stability of like a real comfy bed growing up. So I've just developed these horrible sleep habits. Is it like the physical positioning of your body? It's just a weird, contorted way? Yes. (laughs) So I developed like horrible knots in my shoulders and back and tension. So I purchased one of these little massage guns. We're going to give you the link to it in the show notes so that you can see what I'm talking about. I got it off of Amazon. What's it called again? Oh, I don't know the exact name. I just know. Oh, come on. Because I searched like 50 of them. Listen, we'll put it in the show notes. It'll drive people to our website. They'll <laughs> they'll find some joy there. This little thing, it's, it's a miracle worker so far for my rest. And I'm going to say you should buy it. I'm hooked. I am bu- just bought it. Okay. Let me, let me chew this. Here's some more lovely chewing of snacks for those that need a break. Mm. I have a pecan. Pecans. A yummy pecan in my mouth. Is this feeling restful? <laughs> this is getting, it's feeling really uncomfortable, actually. Can we just go back and <laughs> say Gigi's <laughs> name again? G- Gigi. Gigi. It really is amazing the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do. The things that we constantly play on repeat in our heads. Come on now, what do we say? You have a powerful should I rest moment and let's just jump in. I'm not a master rester. Let's just leave it at that. I am. Master rester. I'm not a master. (laughs) I'm a master at a lot of things. No, that doesn't get a buzz. That's not a Christian-y word. But it's it's disgusting to think of master rester. Don't say that fast. Oh, God. Don't say that ever again. I'm just calling it. I'm sweating and uncomfortable. Candace, I feel like you're the type of friend that makes me feel (laughs) uncomfortable a lot. I feel like that's what you're bringing to the table. I love that, though. That actually makes me feel fulfilled. I know. I saw that big smile, and I was like, I'm saying something right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Let's focus. All right, Jenny, I want to know what have you walked through yourself? So I, I struggle a lot with finding rest. My personality type is I tend to err on the side of I'm, I'm going to perform. I can get stuff done. Um, my husband and I started, we started a marketing business. We've been growing that for the past three years, stepping into ministry and a nonprofit. Like, so we've been showing up big and building stuff for a while and we have two young kids at home. So there's been a lot of attention being pulled in all these different directions where I haven't known rest in a while. 
two years ago, I took time and I studied what it means to, to Sabbath and what it means to have biblical rest. And, and I had all this head knowledge, but it was, ah, okay, Sab- Sabbath, Sabbath. You took time to Sabbath. That that's, that's proper use of the buzzer. I'm going to tell you. That is definitely proper use of the buzz. Okay. So you learned to Sabbath. I don't say that, that that's like, I think maybe I was trying to be fancy. I'll, I'll reel that in. I will reel that in. I have learned. I learned what the Bible says about resting. It's good. And what that looks like. Yeah. But it wasn't in my heart. So I had all this knowledge. I, I knew on paper, this is what I should be doing. But I wasn't living with intention in that. So much so that I would keep hanging out with these people and hear myself saying, they'll be like, how are you? And I'd just be like, I'm so tired. I am so tired. I'm so weary. I'm exhausted. Like, and this was going on for years. And eventually I got the memo and actually heard God. And he's like, will you stop complaining about your weariness? Like your burnout is, is a choice and it's not worth it. Wow. And most recently I had to wear a heart rate monitor for like two weeks because I could feel my heart. I could feel these palpitations and just all this weird health stuff was going on. And the underlining theme was I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I don't know how to rest. And and I came to this point where I'm like, I have to acknowledge this weariness and like, I have to figure out how to do this healthily. And over the last year, my husband and I were praying and we felt like God was inviting us to move, to relocate. We, we used to live in New York, which is extremely snowy for like six months of the year. And we felt in our heart, like we, we need to move, especially for my husband's health. We need to move someplace that involves sun. Yeah. <laughs> we need to move to a warm climate, a warmer climate. He's a native Californian and he just wasn't adapting well. He actually got diagnosed with seasonal depression um, and anxiety. And wow. we're here now, we're in Florida. But a friend recently asked, how are you doing now with the move? And my husband, he said, I feel so much better. I literally thought I was dying where we were. And wow. it's like, just punch me in the face. Anyways, so we're all weary. We're all tired. We're figuring it out. And in that process of should we move, trying to navigate, get guidance from our pastors and support systems and our family, trying to figure out if we should actually move, take that step. One thing I felt very strongly on my heart was that God was saying, in this move, I'm going to teach you what rest looks like. And I struggled with that because I'm like, well, he can teach me what rest looks like here. Maybe I'm just not paying attention. And, and, and for me, we've moved. And there was this moment two weeks before we left. And Candace, you actually reached out. And like a good friend, she's like, hey, I'm praying for you. And she didn't just leave it there. She actually prayed for me on during our conversation. And, and you, everyone listening, she had no concept of where I was at and like what God was speaking to me about finding rest and all this. And she said, God, I feel like you're giving Jenny rest. And she said, like there are tides coming in and out. There's a beautiful rhythm in the ocean. Give her a rhythm of rest and create that in Jenny. Uproot the way that she's lived and plant her in a new rhythm of rest. And as Candace said that, I just sat there and I was like sobbing because my heart and my my spirit, need, it needed rest. And, you know, we're always going and I'm traveling and ministering and I'm serving God and all this stuff, but I don't know rest. And as she prayed that, and as we've relocated, and guys, 
hear my heart. I'm not saying everybody come move to Florida, although that would be great. Let's all be friends. (laughs) Same block. (laughs) Neighborhood. (laughs) Neighborhood block party. But this is my process and this is a journey God is taking us on as a family and and Candace got to be a part of this process, which is so cool. And um, now we get to share it with you. What's crazy about you sharing this is I feel like there are so many listeners right now that they're they're saying and echoing the exact same struggle and they've just never said it out loud. I'm weary. Yeah. I'm tired. I am overworked. I'm ready to slow down. And yet physically, how? How in the world? They're like, I, I don't have the luxury of being able to uproot my entire life and move. Yeah. Or, hey, for the single mamas listening. Yeah. Gosh. I feel like there's I feel like there's several listening right now that they're like, yeah, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great to be able to slow down? But I'm responsible for everything, every single thing. And I feel like a lot of people are wondering, is it possible for me to develop a rhythm of rest as well? And I feel like I should rest. I just don't know how. I don't know how that's going to happen. Jenny, your story is powerful because what we're going to discover here in a little bit are some actual biblical ways that God shows us how to rest. And this isn't just complaining about a problem of what we should or shouldn't do. This is trying to find freedom so that we can develop that rhythm that we're talking about of knowing what rest actually is looking like and why God actually said that we needed it. He said, What does the Bible say about rest? There's a natural physical rest. And we'll talk about that in in the practical part of stuff. But there's also a spiritual rest. And the practical, the rest, the relaxation, that's like when you go on vacation and you take a break and you read a book and (laughs) you you go out and you play with your kids and you turn off your computer. That's all wonderful and great. But there's also a way the Bible talks about pursuing rest when our world is so restless and we're always feeling uh, gravitating towards pulling towards other things, like touching our phone a million times a day, or like, I have to do this, I have to do that. And it's not just a physical rest, but a spiritual rest. And, and there's a couple ways the Bible talks about rest, and we're going dive to dive into both of those. But the first thing is rest is found in salvation. It's good. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Jesus said, come to me, all, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. You know, this rest isn't something we can manifest on our own. It's not something you can earn or you can buy. I mean, God can transform your world in a second and and bring you into relationship with him. And it's not a rest where we're striving or where we have to perform or we have to show up. It's just a gift that is freely given. And it's eternal rest that's found in relationship with Jesus. And wow. and I feel like this is like totally an altar call moment. But if you... <sighs> come on! <laughs> Everybody to the altar! An altar call moment? What? Here! Hey! <laughs> Whatever, Candace. I don't... It's okay. There's still love. There's still love. I love you! <laughs> I get it. This is... Listen, the one thing that I love about you talking about spiritual rest is because our soul has to be settled to rest. Yeah. There's a rest that you just spiritually won't have because your soul is unsettled. 
And that has to become a rhythm that you already establish is out of all things, out of all chaos, I know securely where my future is set because I've placed my hope and my trust in Jesus Christ to save me and to lead me all my days. Yeah. You know, that has to be settled. I think sometimes we have unnecessary hurried feelings or anxiety in our soul or fear that we face just because we don't accept the truth of what the scripture says. Now, listen, this is probably, and I'm, you know, I'm one of these people for the people on the fringes that are always outside looking in that, that are always like, but you're talking religion. Now you're talking all the junk I've heard that I'm trying to walk against because I've been wounded by it. So I will say this to you is your problem really with God or with man? You know, I, I really want to always go back to that because what, I've seen throughout scripture that causes me to be a person of faith is simply this. God's good. His word is good. He is faithful. He's always for us, never against us. And so if that's the case, no matter how I've seen it skewed and screwed up by people in the church, I can settle my soul knowing that there's salvation in Jesus. And I fully trust in what the scriptures say that he has offered to me by what he did by dying on a cross. And by defeating death and rising again on the third day. And actually, I have hope that stirs me even further to know that he's going to come back and set things right. My soul settled on that. It's settled. And th- there can't be rest for you if you're not settled on that. It's not so a real good. rest. Yeah. You know? So good. And and that that salvation rest, that type of rest, when God comes into your heart and you have a relationship with him, that produces rhythms of rest, which is the next point I want to talk about from the Bible there's an everyday Sabbath. Okay, okay, okay. What's that word? What's that word? When we look towards Sabbath. Christ. Sabbath. Think about it to the person that hadn't been to church in like 50 years or ever. Yeah. They're going, there's a there's a what? A Sabbath. Yeah. It's just, it sounds like a weird word. It is. Sabbath. Well, I don't think people say it like that, Candace, if we're being fully honest. <laughs> oh, they say it very judgmentally. Judgy, judgy. Did they you say, like, Sabbath, Sabbath this weekend? Have you Sabbathed? Are you going to Sabbath? What's your Sabbath like? Well, first of all, is it about taking a bath? Sabbath. <laughs> I'm going to Sabbath. <laughs> what? A, what? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What? I mean, it's yeah. a weird word. Yeah. So tell us, what does Sabbath mean? Hebrews 4 says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. So that's in Hebrews 4, 9 through 10. If you parallel that to Genesis, like literally God's making the world, he's making all the things. And then it says he rests from his work on the seventh day. It says he blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Mm. So if we're, if we're summing up the Sabbath, the Sabbath. The Sabbath. Wow. That's going to be a soundbite for the intro. Sabbath. <laughs> I, I really think it's resting in Christ. So it's not resting in your circumstance, but it's resting in Christ and noticing the moments he's declaring holy. Hmm. So resting is one thing, like I'm just going to go relax and Hmm. not do my work. But noticing moments as holy, that's like next level, like time to Sabbath. Okay, we don't need to say it anymore like that. (laughs) I really feel like I hit that point home with that last one. No, no, I feel like I feel like they're done. If I'm done, they're done. You're done, right? Aren't you listener? You're listening. You're nodding your head in your car. I get it. You're done. No, no, no more they are high-fiving me. <laughs> I felt 
felt it. You guys felt like, it. Stop it. They're like, stop it. It was overdone the first time. Yeah. The move first on. 12 times. Move on. Where's the Anyways. buzzer? Give me a buzzer. <laughs> no, I love how that correlates from Hebrews 4 to Genesis um, to looking at how when he was done, he rested from his work. You know, here's the deal. We are to be imitators. We're to be imitators of God. In Ephesians 5, it tells us, dearly beloved children, be an imitator. You don't know what an imitator is? Somebody that imitates. But it seems like, how can I be the level of imitating God? Okay, now that's true. That's true. Well, here's the deal. You look at what he does and you do it. I mean, it's, I, you know, I mean, I don't mean to dumb it down, but the reality is, yeah. is if it's important to God, it should be important to us. Good explanation. Tweetable. If it's important to God, it's important to us. If, if he's done it or if he's doing it, we should replicate it. And yeah. that's because that's his character shining through. And he could have left that out of the story. He could have left the seventh day out of the story, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Not only did you see God rest on the seventh day. But you saw him set it up in the Ten Commandments that you should remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, that we should separate it, that we should make it a part of our practice. I've got 365 days a, a year and I've got 52 weeks a year. And out of 52 weekends, I'm just going to be honest, I'd spoken nearly 40 to 48 of those weekends in one of those years. Yeah, you traveled a lot. Yeah. Gone. And I'm sitting here going, where is the level of connection that offers, that rest affords me with my family? Yeah. And it's not just about getting yourself centered and getting yourself quiet and getting yourself feeling like you're connecting with the Lord Almighty of hosts and you're just together with him and all is well, or that you've got some peace and calm. Rest offers us connection with our God, connection with our family, connection with believers, it gives us the things that we desperately need to sustain us when everything gets way too hustled for us to carry on our own. I think it's not just about going inward necessarily, which a lot of people could assume rest is. Yeah. You know, I think it's also about connecting with those around you um, and really pouring into teaching your children, yep. connecting with your friends, with your family, and just remembering the word of the Lord. Like honoring what he's taught you that week. Like what if every week you had a reset button? You know, how great is that? Yeah. For us, we've even set up some rules for our rest. If you want to talk about practicality, we don't have phones in our hands. They're on chargers for so many hours on our rest days. And I'm talking like for us, it's a Sunday. So our phones go here and we get together and we rally here. And that's how we find our rest to connect and to reset. That's what rest offers us. That's why it's important. That's why it's holy to God. That's why, you know, at the, I think at the end of his creation and all of his work that he did, he said, whoo, I'm going to sit back and connect with what I've created. Yeah. He noticed. He declared the moments mm -hmm. holy. He noticed it. And a lot of times we're missing out. Yeah. I love this quote from Tim Keller, who's a well-known Christian leader and pastor. He says, the Sabbath gives us both theological and practical help in managing one of our primary resources, our time. And hey, hey, oh, yeah. say that again. <laughs> the Sabbath gives us both theological and practical help in managing one of our primary resources, our time. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a quote from Tim Keller. And I, I view Ooh. the Sabbath as it's not just a day, although, yes, that is a healthy boundary to have a day. 
like Candace was saying earlier and what she prayed over me, it's a rhythm of rest we have where we lean into Jesus. Like we're so intentional where we're noticing the daily moments where we need to get fueled by him, where we need to notice the moments that are holy. And it's a lifestyle of rest that we can have. I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm in process. And it's, I can tell you confidently, setting up healthy boundaries, being intentional to fight for rest, not reaching for the distractions or the disturbances, but, but settling into the intentionality of creating space for it even has been a game changer, not only for myself, but for those around me. Like you were saying, mm. Candace, it's been, it's been amazing. The thing is, is when you start to feel the anxiety of the hurried life, the busy life, of the things that you've got to get done, your list that's looming, and it, and it literally just controls and sets your entire pace for the day, pause, just pray. That creates a rhythm of rest that's very practical. Yeah. Just stop what you're doing and talk to God. You know, it, it doesn't take that long. Or here's the fun thing. You can even pray while you're doing things productive. Like you can even do both at the same time. And sometimes God will interrupt your thoughts with his thoughts and give you solutions where you've had no way out. And I think that that creates a moment of restful feeling like that. It, it gives you that, oh, I don't have to spend this energy, this time worrying on it. I'm creating a rhythm of rest just by simply praying throughout my day. Like anxiety is, is not just something that you battle against. Sometimes it could be a signal, a warning to say, rest. Hey, ask the one who's got the answer. Pause, rest, take a break. So just simple, simple. Don't forget to pray. Don't forget to pray. I've done another, I've been really intentional to keep my phone out of my room at night Ooh. because I had these habits of the first thing I do when I woke up was I'd grab my phone. I gotta see who's on Instagram. <laughs> I think the exact same thing. I've gotta see who's on Instagram. <laughs> oh my goodness. My phone's out of my room. And when I thought about the reason I kept it in was obviously there's going to be tragedy that hits at night and people are going to need me. Mm. When I thought about the last four years of my life, tragedy has hit maybe mm, three times at night where I've been needed and and I can keep my phone enough away where if it rings, I can still hear it, but it doesn't need to be my first reach in the morning. So I've kept the phone out of our room and I will tell you, I'm not, I'm not going to sleep. Like la my last check is not my phone anymore. My first check in the morning is not my phone. And that alone, just from reframing my mind and my perspective has like freed me in so, so many ways and has produced just like, like you're saying this prayerful contemplative, okay, like I wake up and I, can spend time with God because I'm not distracted by, oh, God, I was on Instagram. You know, like it's, yep. it has been fuel for me. Man, that's so good, Jenny. It's so good. All right, so I'm going to sum up what he says and why this section is so important. First thing is you're always going to have an unsettled soul if you don't have the spiritual rest and you're not settled on that decision of salvation. That's That's part of it. Secondly, there's actually these rhythms of rest that we need to find um, that are from the Sabbath and keeping it holy. 
like that Sabbath rest that we can enter into, we can stop in the middle of whatever we're doing and actually create a place to stop and rest. And then thirdly, we need to look at how often do we pray in the middle of our days to keep us centered and focused and to rest our souls and our minds from the thoughts that really attack us throughout the day with worry and anxiety. And then lastly, my goodness, the Sabbath gives us theological and practical help in managing one of our primary resources, our time. And I do believe a lot of us feel the urgency that is pulling our lives so fast at paces that we can't manage. And to be, to be fair, and Jenny, I think you'll attest to this, making that space to rest is going to require sacrifice and it's going to require discipline. Yes. It's not going to come easy. I feel like we're putting this message out there and people are like, okay, well, I'm going to start resting tomorrow. Just go ahead and know that it is going to be something you're going to need to be intentional about. And it will require a new discipline, a new habit forming, a new way of slowing your body to a pace and rhythm that actually rests. You called in with your questions. You shared with us your shoulds. We just want to listen and maybe we can do some good. You said what? And we actually had a listener, Jackie, who called in and she left a voicemail. So let's take a listen to what she had to say. I have been shitting my face off lately when it comes to my relationship with God. I know he's in my busy schedule, but in this busy season, it makes me feel so guilty. I got behind on my quiet times, my Bible studies. They're just not happening right now. So I just would love if you guys could speak into this and give a little bit of encouragement. Jackie, thank you so much for calling. In your question here, you're struggling in your quiet time. You're struggling to find that time. So Candace, let's just spitball. How, how, what advice do we have for her and, and the other listeners who feel the same? Okay. Well, there are mornings where I call them put out fire mornings. I wake up and there's no way I'm going to keep my intentional schedule. I just have to put out a fire. I don't know if most people have woken up with this reality, but if you have children, you probably experience this three to five times a week, if not every day. And it feels as though you're waking up to a moment that's already hurried, rushed, and that you're going to miss. I would say this. There are some things that I've done to curb those fire mornings. And simply as this, I set my alarm earlier, I get up earlier. Yeah. I know that stinks. It's really hard. And you feel like, well, if I do that, I'm going to have to go to bed earlier. Well, truth be told, go to bed earlier. I mean, like, I just had to make those disciplines because the reality was, is I was burning the candle at both ends. And then I'd wake up and I'd find no time alone with God. And you can call it whatever you want. Bible study time, time alone with God, quiet time. The thing that really propelled actually being successful was a moment that I invited God into the conversation about my schedule. (laughs) Because here's the deal. We're really good at making schedules, declarations, all these things without even consulting God. Yep. So... I remember I was sitting with my calendar and I actually have uh, an assistant right now that she actually helps me with my calendar and she's phenomenal and she holds me accountable to it. But one of the things that she asked is she goes, okay, so where's your time with God in there? 
Accountable. 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 Meaning that she calls me on my crap. Yeah, she does. Just kidding. (laughs) She, she makes sure that I do what I say I want to do. Yeah. That's, that's accountability. And I just remember the thing that hit me the most is she goes, okay, so where's your time alone with God in here? Like I see a whole bunch of things that you put on there to be successful. Um, even with your family and to, to be connected with them, but where's your time alone with God? We need to protect that. And I was like, well, I'm just going to make it work. I'll get up, you know, and she goes, nope, it needs to be on your calendar so that you see it. And I went, oh, okay. She goes, so that I know I'm not calling you with any questions during that time so that, you know, it's going to set an alarm on your phone to get up and do it. And so I was like, okay, so then I'm, I'm doing this calendar talk with her. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, have you ever just heard that little annoying Holy Spirit voice where he kind of puts a thought in your head and you're like, uh, I don't want to confess that that was you. But he said, Hey, I'd like to interrupt this conversation and have you ask me what I think about your time mm. and when you should get up. And I was like, Oh, that kind of stung. Cause I don't think I ever asked the Holy Spirit's input on what time should I be getting up in the morning yeah. and meeting with him. It's like you want to make a meeting with somebody, but you never asked if they're available. And I felt like he was telling me, Hey, reach out. See if you can even put that on my schedule. Of course, he's the God of universe and he stands outside of time. He can meet whenever we want to. Yeah. But, but the fact is, is it's a cordial asking of God, when do you want to talk? When do you want to meet with me? And w- once I started doing that and listening to him, I just felt like he told me, this is the hour you need to wake up every morning. I'll be here waiting. Mm. And man, it got me excited because no longer was it, I need to make time. I need to get my Bible out and I need to read it. And I need to try to act more holy and get more scripture inside of me and hide his word in my heart that I may not sin against God. It wasn't religious. No, it was broken. It was like, I felt like I had this coffee date, this morning conversation that was waiting on me. And that started stirring me to go, I can't wait to get up and have that time. And sometimes a kid's going to throw up and they're going to get up at that time. You know what I mean? But 90% of the time, nobody's awake at that hour except me and him yeah and and I it's, love that it's it's a coveted time like it's a time that I don't take off the calendar for any reason yeah you know only if there's a fire stop <laughs> drop and roll stop, stop drop, drop and, and roll. roll roll right into the fire of the Lord mm, yeah <laughs> here's the thing we're always going to be busy yeah even on vacation I don't care you're always going to be busy if you're a mom on vacation, you're busy because who else is getting the meals? And Well, I don't do meals, but it's fine. Gosh, there's a lot of things you don't do. I really want to really wanna figure that out. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. You will always be busy. And, you know, we have those people that are, you're like, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm great. I'm just doing this, this, this. And they list their whole schedule. And you glorify that busyness over glorifying God in the midst of it. And you're just like romanticizing this busy schedule as if it's like, oh, this holy moment of look at how great you are. Hmm. Get over yourself. Stop. Sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to lay it down. Stop saying how busy you are. Everybody's busy. Everybody has stuff. And I'm preaching to myself here, like, same. we have to fight for the space of rest and meeting God in the moments. And if not, 
you're going to lose out on a lot of opportunity. You're going to lose out on the whispers of God calling you into something because you're not paying attention because you're glorifying your busyness. You're going to miss out on, oh, come on. Whispers of God. Straight up preaching. Whispers of God. Oh, you know, like a thought that seems so random, yet it's not random and it's persistent and strong. I would attribute that to the Holy Spirit urging you into like a pivot or something else or a conviction or go over there and talk to that person. We miss those holy moments because wow. we're too busy glorifying our busyness. And and I want to, our heart in this episode, because I, I'm walking in it and I'm like learning and working hard at it is to challenge you to please find a rhythm of rest where you can honor God with your schedule, with your time and with your commitments. Okay. So here's the conviction that we didn't plan on talking about, but this is genuine Holy Spirit moment right now. Like when you said, don't glorify your busyness. Sometimes I answer with busyness when somebody says, how are you? Like I can, like God just kind of gripped my heart just then and said, hey, you use that when people say, how are you? And I reply with, Oh, well, I'm good. I'm doing this and this and this. And then I've got this and this coming up. And then after that, I'm going to do this and this and this. And then I can't wait for this and this group. And then I'm, and all they asked is, how are you? And I feel like that's what weariness leads to. It leads to not even being able to identify, how are you? Like, how's your soul? How's your connection with your family? How's your connection with God? Just how are you doing? Yeah. If, if you put in an answer of schedule or routine or things that are coming up behind that question, this episode's for you because you really need to learn what it is to rest. And you should rest. And, and you should shut down everything else that's, that's carrying those restful moments away from being a priority. I f- I, man, I feel... I feel holy conviction just now. I feel like I just need to reframe my entire how I'm, how am I? I don't know. I'm in counseling. Help me. <laughs> no, I, I feel like, I feel like that's, that's going to identify with some listeners is if you can't answer, how are you mm. in an honest way, there may be some weariness and some busyness that's really steering the boat of your life right now. Everybody listening, Candace is so sad right now. <laughs> oh, my face is just like, oh. I mean, it is because I, I feel like our identity can be wrapped up in our in our busyness. Or in what, what we're producing. Yeah, our identity becomes what we're working on. Or Yeah. And, and, that's, and it's, that's so sad because that's not what God wants for us. He doesn't want us mm-hmm. to feel like our worth or our identity is wrapped up in what we're doing daily. He doesn't want us to feel um, as though more on our plate means more abundance in our life. Yeah. That traps us. You know, it really traps us into feeling like unless we're going and doing and producing and hustling. Gosh, that word hustle. We throw it around like it's a good thing. It was never meant to be a good word. Yeah. It wasn't. I hate that word so much. It's not even a holy word at all. It, it's a It's a restless word. Yeah. If we're being honest, it's a restless word. And here he is commanding us to be full of, of rest, to call those days blessed, to call the Sabbath holy and to keep it. And um, man, I just feel like this episode's going to hit on so many levels. I was going to tell you guys our phone number and to call in, but you can find that on our website. We, we want to pray this out. Hey, let's pray.
we're going to enter into this moment. You know, we've been talking about rest and we just want to encourage you the best way we know how, which is to go to Jesus. And we're going to, we're going to press in for freedom within the weariness and the busyness and, and our schedules and what defines us. It's not our schedule. Uh, so let's pray together. Father God, I just thank you. First of all, I want to thank you for uh, Candace's prayerful words. She prayed over me like maybe a month ago. It just confirmed your heart in the midst of my in the midst of what you were speaking to me and you do that a lot god you confirm you confirm a lot of things through other people's prayers and god we we ask that right now we we want to just affirm other people to find rest we want to encourage other people to go to you for security not not their work but to go to you for security and identity and, and to find you in the rest may it not just be a day although that is wonderful but maybe may it be a lifestyle of leaning into you of curbing our busyness not glorifying our busyness but glorifying you god and i want to pray when candace was talking about the single moms i want to lift up all the single parents right now that are listening to this episode god and i i just pray for wisdom and how to manage your household wisdom and how to manage your schedule wisdom and how to shepherd and, and raise up leaders in your kids wisdom over finances wisdom over how to steward rest and what that looks like and how to do it well thank you god you know god i just I want to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're just showing us clearly that we've been placing our identity and our worth in what we do instead of just resting in who you are. And so we just repent of that. And that's a big word. I'm going to buzz myself in this prayer right here. Yep. We repent, meaning that we turn our thinking, we turn our actions away from that thought, from that doing into a new way of thinking and looking at it. And God, we say, no longer are we going to look at how we move and hustle and and add stuff to our calendar and, and our days. No longer are we going to find our worth or our identity in that. We know that because your word says that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God, we, we honestly say, no longer can we just put our identity and our worth in what we add to our calendar, but we put it in your hands because you hold our calendar very, very firmly yeah. with uh, authority and power. God, for those of us that feel that weariness that are listening right now, I'm just going to ask that you just, gosh, there's just no better word that I can think of. Just wash over them with expectation of goodness coming their way for rest, for moments to be set aside with you every day. God, if it's been a while since somebody's cracked open the Bible and they feel as though they don't even know what they're reading or looking at, that we ask what your Holy Spirit does is, is he would just give us wisdom, lead us in wisdom and truth. When they open up the word of God, they would hear your voice. And God, I don't want to for, forget it, but there are some people that they've not come to rest in their soul. It's unsettled. They've never trusted in you. If you're that person listening right now and you know, I can't even move to what you're talking about with your calendar or with my identity or my worth because I'm not doing anything. I just know I'm tired and I know my life is crap and I'm just trying to keep up. Mm. And you feel that idea that we've talked about needing your soul to be settled. If that's you and you're listening right now, I'm going to ask very specifically that you pray this with us. Okay, like I'm going to give you a second to pray it right after I say it. I want you to say it out loud and pray these words from your heart. 
It's simple. All you have to say is, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are in the word of God. I believe that you died to give me freedom, to set me free from my sins, and to rescue me from being apart from you all of eternity. I ask that you would give me the free gift of salvation today. And I receive that gift. I believe that you rose from the grave and I believe that you are going to give me the abundant life you've promised. I give my life to you. I surrender it to you. Take my life and do whatever you want with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you did pray that with us, we do want to hear. We want to hear about it. Not so that we can put it on some metrics or know about it and, and boast about it. There's Listen, that can be as private as you want it to be. But we just want to know if you made that first step to get your soul settled. Let us know. There may be some resources that we could connect you with. And even locally, if you could just let us know where you're at, there may be some good churches that we could point you to. We, we have friends all over the U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, if you just experience like this radical come to Jesus moment, we're celebrating with you. And it's so much more than that prayer. Yeah. But that prayer, that moment where God just impacted your life, everything has changed from this point forward. And we're excited to see the Holy Spirit come into your life in a new and powerful way. And, and you're going to find rest like you never have before. So Candace, thank you so much for leading us in that. This episode has been powerful for me. We, we pray it's been powerful for you. And shut the shit up, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. To share your should, call 315-308-0163. And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.